that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you here on 1450, the sports buzz. If you're a Kentucky fan, I'm sure you're probably playing all the sad, sentimental goodbye music you know, as the Cats will say goodbye to seven players, several of them, I guess four of them, led UK to back-to-back Final Fours. Three were freshmen that had a phenomenal season, made history. The press conference was today. John Calipari maybe teased everyone by saying that if they intended to go pro, then everybody should stand up. And there was this awkward moment where everybody was still sitting for which seemed like a long time. And I'm sure there were several UK fans that were just hoping that this was some sort of joke and they were all going to stay and it was going to be this big celebration. Uh, Not the case. All seven stood up. Uh, We'll talk about that as they, everybody that was pretty much draftable for the most part, uh, we'll, we'll enter the NBA draft, so we will talk about that. Apologies for the late start. The Reds decided to have a rain delay. I guess that probably wasn't the Reds' choice. Mother Nature's more like it, so that pushed back the show. Trevor asked me about 30 minutes ago, hey, we could get you on a five. Would you rather do a short show today or no show at all? And Trevor, I'm a man of the people, so I figured, hey, we might as well do do a short show. It'd be worth it. You're just chasing your dream. Just chasing my dream, looking uh, I, I have an opportunity to, to fulfill something that I've been looking forward to since I was a kid. Like I'm no, having deja vu here. Not the NBA draft, but doing a 30-minute radio show here on a Thursday after already tweeting to everybody around 3.30 that there'd be no show today. Uh, since then, I've, I've tweeted back. Uh, it is difficult, though, because a lot of people that listen to my show aren't on Twitter. And I, I, I can't even imagine for them when they tune, they probably just tune in around four on average days. Maybe there's some of them that don't even know that we've made the switch to three to four yet, and they're incredibly confused. I uh, probably shot, thought my show maybe got canceled. Uh, but I'm sure they should turn it on, hear that it's baseball or something else that's not me, and figure out, oh, well, looks like it's not going on today. They could have eerily thought you started sounding like Doug Gottlieb for some reason. Oh, no. That, that would be a nightmare. Uh, I'm, I, Doug Gottlieb knows his stuff, but I, I think he's kind of got this. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to sound like him. Not that I think I have some kind of golden voice, but I'm glad I don't sound like Doug Gottlieb is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, you, have you watched any of the Masters today, Trevor? Um, no. Oh, man, you're missing out. <laughs> that was one of the worst answers you could ever get for a question on a radio show. Jordan Spieth is just dominating. Uh, his shots, it's just shot after shot has been incredibly unbelievable. He's seven under right now. I don't know how many holes he's completed. Uh, I'm trying to look right now. He's through 13. So he's still got some work to do and he's already the clubhouse leader at seven under, which is a really, really good score. Uh, generally at the masters, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe 14 or 13 under can win it at times. Uh, he's at seven under after the first day. So It'll be interesting to see how he does to finish out this round and, and certainly keep an eye on him the, the rest of the weekend. Now, is he well-known or out of nowhere? Uh, he's he's well-known. Uh, he's I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he might have been on the on the Ryder Cup 
team. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. I see Ernie uh, Els no. is name number two. I know that name. That's why I asked. Ernie Els is having a really good round for being one of the older guys out there. Uh, but uh, no, he he's Jordan Spieth is is well known. He's young. He's younger than me, and probably has more money now than I'm ever going to ever ever see. No, not probably. He does, uh, unless I were to win the lottery or something crazy like that. Uh, so he's well known, and he's doing very, very well today. Tiger Woods at one over, and the shots I've watched and the hits that I've seen from Tiger have been not very good. Uh, he's hit a lot, a lot of bad shots. For him to be one over, I think, is a win for him at this point. Uh, if he can turn it around or start getting himself more birdie opportunities, I he has a chance to to make it certainly into the weekend and and maybe at least be in the conversation, which. In the Masters, as the week goes on, it's, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament more so than almost any other major where pressure builds. There's so much history, tradition, uh, and pressure. Uh, there's pressure in any golf tournament, but the Masters, I would say, more so than any because uh, it's, it's the start. It's what you've been waiting for for months to be able to do. So it really builds up day after day, and you can tell you can, you can find the guys that are able to handle it and which ones aren't. Uh, it'll be a fun weekend of golf without a doubt. Tiger right now on TV. You can watch that on ESPN, but make sure you put it on mute and listen to me. TJ, answer me this. Isn't golf a lot like what they say about the NBA game when a tournament like this? It's The first couple of days are like the first three quarters. It's no reason to pay attention until the last quarter or i.e. Sunday. It is. No, that's not necessarily true. I, I mean, if you're an average golf fan or not really a golf fan at all, then yeah, you might as well just watch Sunday to see what happens. But it's kind of fun to watch these opening rounds. I mean, everything that – and Tiger just goes into the water. Womp, womp, womp. That's no good. I want Tiger to do well, but he's going to at least fall back to probably two over on this hole, depending on what happens next. Uh, in the water on a part three, that's something you just can't do. You can't do that on a part three. I could do it if the water was about uh, 200 yards past the hole. Yeah, I'm sure you sure you probably – I'm sure you – Trevor, I'm sure you could find the water wherever it was, okay? Okay. And uh, and we're going to get to the UK talk, I promise. But – and, man, Jordan's about to go to eight under. If he hits this little two-footer here, which I think without a doubt he probably will – uh, he's absolutely tearing it up, he, and he does. Anyways, we're going to get to UK. Trevor, I wanted to, you know, I was planning the show today. I was thinking, you know, we're going to obviously talk UK. It's now the now the off season. We don't really have any sports going on in the moment. So I was thinking of things to do. I think on Thursdays, this is probably not a very original idea, but we're going to do a throwback Thursday. And I haven't figured out yet if we're going to let callers guess the year. I think at that point it will be too easy because everybody will be able to to Google and figure it out unless I make it incredibly tough. So I was thinking maybe we test it out with, with you playing where I'll give you some hints and you have to guess the years on Thursday. But I'm not going to do it now because we don't have enough time. Oh, I want to play trivia. Well, you, you didn't do great on the counties or basketball players' last name one. Uh, but we'll have to wait till next Thursday for Throwback Thursday. Maybe you can come up with a fun little. By by year, do you mean that you give me like a player, and I've got to tell you the year he played at Kentucky or left Kentucky or something like that? Or I don't understand what how I'm guessing the years. This is like a sport event. Yeah, thing? have yeah yes. Have you ever not have you ever played Guess the Year at a sporting event or 
anywhere where they give you something that happens. But will like, this be all say, Kentucky related or just overall sports? It, it, it will be some Kentucky related and it'll okay. be some just general knowledge. Okay. Like if I were to say TJ Walker was born, the sports talker came into the earth. 1991? And yes, exactly. So you'd get it. And since you only needed one clue to get it, you would uh, theoretically win a better prize or something like that. Uh, so we're still in the testing stages. But Trevor and I before, well, you know what? I'm not even going to get to the story. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor and I were talking before the show, and I was going to do for this Throwback Thursday, I thought might as well just do a Throwback Thursday story. Uh, but it's only going to be a short show, and we'll save it. We'll save it for next week. Okay. Uh, but so everybody leaves, and, and this was really no surprise for Kentucky fans that have been following along the last 24, 48 hours it was leaning that direction. It seemed like the two biggest mysteries were uh, Devin Booker and Dakari Johnson. But again, it was clear last night, yesterday, uh, that they were heading into the they were they were leaning going pro. Uh, and this is a bit of a blow for Kentucky. If you bring back those two guys, I think regardless of who you bring in, you've got a very formidable team. You've got a team that hey, you address pretty much every need. And you are a legitimate top five, if not top three team heading into next year. And then maybe you can even add somebody else, and then you're really dangerous. But you don't get those two guys. So then it turns into this, and if you've been listening to the show lately, this worst-case scenario, and I'm putting parentheses around while I'm saying that, uh, worst-case scenario in the backcourt, where now, you're, as of right now, you're just Briscoe, Ulyss, Hawkins, and Charles Matthews. Now, if Kentucky can get Malik Newman, you're fine. I wouldn't say you're better off with Newman than you would be with Booker. I think I would take a sophomore Booker, but some, a lot of people would disagree with me. NBA scouts certainly would. If you get Newman, you're fine. You've got one of the best backcourts in the country. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you don't, I still think it's a fine backcourt. I really do. The only issue is three-point shooting, but Euless shot around 42 43%. Briscoe has looked to be a much improved three-point shooter from what I've seen from, from some of his games recently. I think he's going to be very similar to Andrew Harrison as a three-point shooter. Uh, Hawkins, not a very good three-point shooter. Charles Matthews, I think he'll be okay, not great. So you don't really have a dead-eye knockdown three-point shooter. That's not ideal, but I'd still say the three-point shooting would be better than 2010. And that team made it to an Elite Eight before the three-point shooting really caught up to them. That team obviously probably more talented, but that's okay. I still think it's a good backcourt, long story short. Now, the front court, you've got to add some bodies. You have to. And the good news, Kentucky will. Whether it's Steven Zimmerman, some other guys, we've talked about it. But all the talk this week is about Scalabissier and if you've seen some tape, and we've got some video of him on Cats Illustrated, the dude is a stud. He, I, I really, in this, Trevor, this might be, this might come off as crazy or biased. I think he's going to have a, a better season than Carl Anthony Towns. Say that name again. Scalabissier. Is he the one that's already committed to Kentucky? He is committed. Is that the one I read somewhere? There might be some uh, question marks about the eligibility. That, 
that is uh, that is. And some people pronounce his name Scalabissier. Uh, I've always said Scalabissier. I could be wrong, but I'm probably going to stick with that. For, I know. I know. I'll butcher it as long as he's at UK for for a little bit. But uh, yeah, there's some there's some el- eligibility concerns. Now the good news is. I've heard some rumblings and, and this and that that Kentucky feels confident they're not too worried about it. And the other good news about him is it doesn't really have to do with him. It's not like he asked for money. It's not like he collected money. It's not like there's rumors out there that he was going around shopping his services. It's about his guardian. And I and I have talked about him on the Sports Talker before. His guardian kind of ske- seems like a kind of like a sleazy guy. I guess that'd be a nice way to put it. Doesn't it always come down to the the guardian when it talks about eligibility reasons for a young man? It does, and it makes me so mad. Because if you are a ha- if you have half a brain and you're not just a complete jerk looking to expose kids, which maybe this guy doesn't have half a brain and maybe he is a complete jerk. It kind of seems like he probably is. You know you've got this unbelievable talented freak of a basketball player right there that probably loves you and looks at you as a father figure and you're that selfish where you're trying to get money right then and there. And by all counts, his guardian, I think, does fine for himself. Obviously, everybody could use more money, but it seems like he does okay for himself. But Scalabissier, this time next year, is probably going to be declaring for the draft and could sign with an agent and be a millionaire tomorrow if he wanted to. So you're telling me you can't wait that long, you're that stupid where you have to risk everything. I guess not technically everything because even if worst-case scenario, he couldn't play in NCAA, he'll eventually be an NCAA player. But you're trying to risk everything for tens of thousands of dollars most likely, maybe 100000 if you're shopping him, uh, shopping him high. It's so dumb. You kind but of answered I, your own question there, TJ, when you just said it. it What's the worst case in his mind? This is coming from someone who, like you said, might be in the less than uh, unshady type of person. The uh, the 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 by uh, what's the word? Uh, Bizarro Rob Lowe, so to speak, to take out the commercials. They're thinking, okay, I'll take this money if he doesn't. If he gets caught or I get caught, oh, he won't play college ball. He'll make money millions later on. Oh well, he doesn't play college ball. Maybe he won't get hurt. But that's a really selfish outlook. Oh, uh, it I is. Mean, an incredibly selfish outlook, and it can really hurt your draft stock. I think Emmanuel Moutier showed that this year. If you can't get the exposure of college basketball and playing on CBS or ESPN every night, people kind of forget about you a little bit. Now, Moutier will probably be a top five, top ten pick, but you're not telling me that if he dominated college basketball, took SMU to an Elite Eight, uh, and was just this unbelievable player that averaged 24-7-7, and that he wouldn't be maybe in the conversation for number one. You'd be crazy. Quite possibly, but you can play devil's advocate by saying he could have gone out there much like the Harrison Twins, who were both projected top 10 picks out of high school, and hurt his draft stock to where he's now almost being somewhat, I know he said he didn't push anybody, but it does seem forced out the door into non-draftable situations as sophomores. No, no. I mean, mean, there were some people thought the Harrisons wouldn't come in and dominate college right away. But they were projected as top 10 picks, were they not coming out of high school? Okay, but if you had the Harrisons go over to China and do their thing, it would have been the same scenario of their draft status falling. Maybe Brandon Jennings was awful overseas, and he still went top 10. Was he awful, though? I don't think he played very well over there. The only player that I can think, well, there has been very few and far between, actually, but 
I know Jeremy Tyler was very unsuccessful when he made his European trip. Of course, he left after his high school junior year instead, but he is still is in the NBA at least. He was a second round pick. No, I, I, I don't think it helps you to go overseas. Yes, it can hurt you in college, uh, but I, I, I think history probably shows that if you're good enough to play in college, or if you're good enough to dominate college, then your draft, your draft status, it can help you. I think college helps you more than not going to college. And we're getting a little off subject here, but there, it is incredibly dumb. Because worst case scenario, you have a plan. You have this blueprint that you're following that every five-star has, that you go to college, you do that, you improve your draft stock. It doesn't always work out that way, but you improve your draft stock, you show the country what you can do, and, and you're fresh in the minds of NBA general managers, scouts, whatever it may be. And to jeopardize that by trying to shop a player just for a few thousand dollars is silly when you, he's going to be a future millionaire. I, I, I think the worst case scenario of him being ineligible because of that is, is not worth it. You're acting like it's not that big of a deal. I, I think it is that big of a deal. Should Kentucky but fans anyways, be worried of this rumor? They shouldn't be worried, but they should be, it should be on their mind. Because when August rolls around, when September rolls around, you're going to start hearing a lot more about it. Now, what I was told is that Kentucky wouldn't have accepted his commitment as early as they did if they weren't sure. John Calipari keyed in on him because there's so many big guys, and this is the one they went after, that that shows that he thinks they're going to be fine. They've talked to the Guardian. Uh, Sandy Bell, who's in charge of eligibility and all that fun stuff at Kentucky. Supposedly, she feels good about it. She thinks it's going to be an easy case. There's no proof of money being exchanged. Uh, it was just a guardian maybe asking for money, doing something stupid, and never fully receiving it, which technically, I, 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 get, I don't know if it's an NCAA violation to ask for money. I don't think it would be, as long as you don't get it. So I think you'll be okay. And that being said, I think UK fans should expect him to be on UK's team next year. I think they should expect him to play next year. And I think he's going to be the best freshman in college basketball. I think he's going to have one of the better years of freshman in college basketball. And maybe, maybe, depending on who else UK brings in, assuming that he can get a lot of playing time, he could be in the National Player of the Year race. Maybe. So I think Kentucky's going to be fine next season. There's one other point that I wanted to touch on, Trevor, before, again, very short show today. But there's one other point that I wanted to touch on is Jalen Brown, who's this other very, 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 very good recruit, considering Kentucky one of the best players in the country. Uh, truly, he's, he's a better version of Stanley Johnson that went out to Arizona. He said to me at the McDonald's All-American game that, a pro can be a pro anywhere. You don't need a certain school to, to get you to the NBA. If you're good enough, the NBA will find you. You don't have to go to a school. There is no such thing as a school that helps produce pros. I think seeing today proves that statement wrong. Would Devin Booker, would all those guys be in the NBA without Kentucky? Probably. But Devin Booker and Trey Lyles likely wouldn't have been in this position had they not gone to UK. And, and keep in mind, on top of all that, you've got Devin Booker 
who is potentially going to be a lottery pick, maybe a top 10 pick, who averaged 10 points per game, only played 21 minutes per game. You have Trey Lyles, who's a freshman, who, again, these guys would have been in the NBA eventually, who averaged 8 points per game in 23 minutes. Those aren't eye-popping numbers, Trevor. Those are very average, mediocre numbers. And, of course, everybody knows about the platoon, and I, I do think John Calipari kind of warps this stuff so that it's talked about on draft day and makes his prospects and his players look better. But if you put up – and if Devin Booker goes to Missouri, I think that maybe may have been his runner-up in his recruitment. He's probably averaging 23 points. Maybe you know he probably would be in a position to go to the draft. But would he be a lottery pick, Trevor? No. Trey Lyles, one, one mock draft has him going number seven. If he doesn't go to Kentucky and he goes to Louisville, I guess was the runner-up for Lyles, and if, if he goes to Louisville, Louisville's an unbelievable team this year, one that probably makes the Final Four. I mean, they made the Elite Eight without him. Probably makes the Final Four and can probably give Duke a really good game. But is he a lottery pick if he goes to Louisville? Is he a top-ten pick if he goes to Louisville? No. So while I agree with Jalen Brown in the sense that the pros will find great players in college regardless of where they are, Rashad Vaughn, who went to UNLV and was freshman of the year out there, uh, he picked UNLV over Kentucky. UK kind of did this weird thing with his recruitment where they stopped recruiting him and came back later. Tiger's just taking swings where he's got like his feet flailing around. It's like Crazy Legs McGee out there. <laughs> Looking like me probably out there. Uh, he's just doing these weird things with his swing. I don't know if he's like uncomfortable, if he's like trying to knock the snot out of the ball or what's he doing. But it's really weird to see. Uh, and he hit that one into the flowers, but it actually rolled back down and put him in an okay position. You're, you're, uh, you're displaying an example of why I have to turn the TV off in the studio when we do shows. Why? Because I'm getting off topic. Because you get distracted by the television. Bob, That's fine. But, I know where I know where I left off. Oh, I know because I wanted to jump in on you anyway. Because I I get what you're saying. Because about and it's two different comparisons. Saying Jalen Brown saying that is like saying obviously Pacific had the number one pick in Mike Willow Candy. You know, Weber State produced Damian Lillard, Lehigh, C.J. McCollum. The pros are going to find you, and you can be a top 10 pick nowadays. This isn't 10 years ago or five years ago where you had to go to North Carolina, Kentucky, or Kansas, a blue blood, or Louisville, whatever it may be, to get in probably a lottery selection. I mean, the, the lottery selections before five years ago or even 10 years ago were very few and far between for small schools, and most of those ended up being bust, so they were afraid of, they were scared off of later on. But now, would Devin Booker be a lottery pick? One, we don't know if Booker allows will be lottery picks. Two, would they have come out right away as freshmen as they'd gone to other respective schools? It's hard to – I don't know. I, would, I don't want to say yes. I think Booker probably would have because he probably, if he'd gone to Missouri, would have scored a ton of points. If Lyles had gone to Louisville, I'd probably say no because I don't know if he would have excelled the way he might have been in a more free-flowing coach team that Cal Perry offers than Bettino does. But if he'd gone to maybe an Indiana, he might have been a one-and-done and been a top-ten pick. Noah Vonley's numbers weren't very impressive. As well, and he was a top ten pick last year out of Indiana. No, Vonley's numbers were pretty good. They were what thirteen points, maybe twelve points. But again, it, it is Indiana. A lot better than it, he's doing not, as a rookie this year. I'll tell you that much. It's not. <laughs> it, it you know in it, it, it Indiana's a, a program that gets a lot of exposure. I know Noah Vonley was there when they were on an awful team, but 
I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not saying Carl Anthony Towns needed UK to be a top three or five pick or wherever he ends up or maybe the number one pick. I'm not talking about those guys. Noah Von Lee was a freak. He's been on draft boards for years. Devin Booker and Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles probably has been on more, certainly more than Devin Booker. But I don't think that they, I think Kentucky in every game, Trevor, before every game, there was a promo with Nelly's number one song in the background. And there was so much hype about every game that they played that that no doubt has a, an effect. And again, I know you can go other places. You don't have to go to a blue blood to be drafted. But there is something about Kentucky that, that maybe makes players look a little bit better. One I benefit, mean, I'll they, say this, is it's, it involves more mystery because you don't see Booker for 35 minutes out there possibly showing some exposure of what he needs to sure. improve on to be a lottery sure. pick. And when Jason Capone, one of my favorite quotes, I'm, I'm sure I've said this to you before, but if you remember Jason Capone, had one of the greatest quotes I'll never forget of all time. When he said, if I just moved to Europe out of high school, grown a beard, and taken some jump shots in a gym, I'd have been a top five draft pick in the NBA. But instead, I went to four years of college, and I went in the second round. It's all about there, mystery. There is some mystery. And, and when teams don't see that much of you, it's harder for them to pick their weaknesses or, or how they mess up. If Booker had to play on Missouri's team and play 35 minutes a game and, and, and take 30 shots per game, There'd be a lot more to pick and choose and say, eh, we don't really like that about him. But he was on a really good team. He didn't have to do as much. He had a role. And if he did that role correctly, it made him look unbelievable. He went through a three or a two or three month period where he hit almost 66% of his threes. And that, along with the hype, along with the mystery, along with being a Kentucky player, has him potentially going in the lottery. And I don't know what kind of pro Devin Booker is going to be. If history tells us anything, it's probably not a great one. But why do you say that? Think, why do we say that? Why did you say it's, it's history? What is Kentucky's the players? Kentucky's produced over the last couple of years have been pretty successful for the most part. I mean, Michael K. Gilchrist aside, but Michael K. Gilchrist has been fine. I wouldn't. He's a I wouldn't player, pick, but yeah, I wouldn't pick him as the one that's been the oddball. But I mean, you've got a lot of UK guys that aren't in the NBA anymore that got drafted. And he, like a, a like Deron Lamb, who he's floating around in the D League, Marcus Teague, I'm not even sure if he's floating around in the D League. Daniel Orton, who has gained uh, a significant amount of weight. The last I heard was kicked out of uh, his his European league because he made fun of Pacquiao as a basketball player. Yes, uh, I, I believe that's accurate. Uh, let's see who who else is is not not in the NBA anymore very few i mean terrence jones has produced pretty well for terrence middle jones round. has done well i mean uh, M- i mentioned Josh gil gearcus because he went second pick so the expectations a little overpass the, the role player that he's become but uh well, I, hey I, i'm not saying that uk guys bust in the nba that's not my point but i'm saying that there have been guys that have been borderline should they leave or should they go that haven't necessarily worked out uh, again daniel Orton not in the nba uh DeAndre Liggins left, and he probably still would be in the NBA if not for, you know, some legal trouble. But he's currently not in the NBA. Josh Harrelson, he ran out of eligibility, so you can't really run told that against him. He's out of the NBA. Same with Darius Miller, and they're playing overseas and making a ton of money. So I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of pro Devin Booker is going to be. I'm not sure what kind of pro Trey Lyle is going to be. We can save that for another show and another debate. They could be good, or they could be just okay. 
or they could be guys that won't be in the NBA after their first contract. Well, I'm not debating whether they should go or whether they shouldn't go, but I'm saying Kentucky put them in a position where they're going to get a really, really nice payday, and I don't think that happens at every school. After Carlton Towns, who's the best professional player of the seven, of the, these seven leaving today? Ooh, that's tough. Because it's obviously, too easy to say Towns, number one. That's obvious. obvious. Obviously, Towns is, without a doubt, the best. After that, I don't know. I, I really, I don't think after, I think after that, there's not one that's going to be unbelievably dominant. I, don't, I really don't think that there is. It, it, I, you know, this might, this might come off as a really crazy, stupid answer. But I really think it might be Andrew Harrison. I think he's going to be good. And, and he caught so much grief and so much flack for his college career, for being maybe a little overrated out of high school. But a 6'6 guard in the NBA that can also knock down some threes at a decent clip, put it on the floor and attack guys, finish through contact, I think that's going to be good enough to be, you know, he, he could be a point guard on a good team. Now, he wouldn't be the star of a team. I, I don't think he needs to go to a place where he has to be the guy. You know, you couldn't plug him in at Minnesota, the worst team in the West, and expect him to, to be great. I think he needs some help. But I think if he can find the right situation, I think he could be really, really good. Because he's physical. He likes contact. That translates to the NBA. With Booker, it, it kind of worries me that if, if Deron Lamb couldn't really make it, is, is Booker going to be able to? No, I think he can put it on the floor better, and maybe we'll see that in the NBA. He's also a better defender. Not that, not, not that he's drastically better, but he's a little bit better. Willie Cauley-Stein, I think, could be a solid NBA player, but his offensive limitations is going to hurt him a bit. He could still be like a Tyson Chandler, really good defensively. He could find his role. I think you've got a lot of role players outside, out, out, besides Carl Anthony Towns. It'll be interesting to see in you know five or six years seven years to look back Trevor and say, okay, well, he, that was a good decision for him to come out and maybe he should have waited and been a bit more polished, but all these guys hopefully will grow in the NBA. I think it's funny. The one guy I think that was, I don't want to say clear cut second, but was definitely second to me ahead of Willie Colley Stein. You did. It was the one guy you almost didn't mention. It's Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles. I, again, he could be, there's a lot of question marks about all these guys leaving. I think he could be really, really good. Or I think he could just, he could be a guy that could do a little bit of everything in the NBA, or he might not be able to find a role or fit because he's not great at one thing. You know, he's obviously going to be a three in the NBA, but is he going to be able to consistently knock down jump shots? Will he be able to extend the floor with a, a three-point shot, which is obviously deeper in the NBA? Uh, he was able to put it on the floor a little bit, but he's got to be certainly stronger than that at the next level. But he'll grow and he'll adjust. It's kind of like a wild card. We'll have to see how these players mold into their into their bodies because some of them are still growing. They'll get stronger. Can Willie Cauley-Stein be efficient enough offensively to, to be able to stay on the floor and be playable at the NBA? You know, I, I don't see a reason why he can't learn that. He's never going to be an in, in Anthony Davis. I will say this, still- though. Until I see it, I'm going to have to disagree with you still. I've not – I'm just we completely agree to disagree on Andrew Harrison. Maybe I just no, have a fine. bitterness towards him as a Lowell fan. I don't know what it is, but I just he's the one that I, I picture all seven of these guys, six of these seven guys having an NBA career of at least three or four more years, three or four years plus, depending on success varying from guy to guy. He's the one I see playing in Saudi Arabia. I, I don't know what it is. I just I, I I just don't see it. 
this could be my Hashim to beat moment. I, I, <laughs> I, I said that I would take him over Kevin Durant way back when, Trevor. So I've been wrong with NBA uh, decisions before. I got your beat. I said Dwayne Wade was going to be a huge bust back in 2000. So hey, this won't be my first. That's the, beauty, <laughs> that's the beauty of the NBA is that sometimes you can be way, way off. Now, I've also been right about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we don't remember those, though. <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, they don't stand out as much as they should. I said that I thought that John Wall would be one of the better point guards in the NBA, but it would take time, and that, that happened. That was almost like spot on. That might not have been a bold prediction to, to predict that about the number one player, but I said he might struggle early, uh, and he did, and, but I, I, I eventually liked him. Uh, I, I, I did think Michael K. Gilchrist would probably be a little bit better, but I, again, I'm not ready. I don't think the jury's out on him. I think he's yet. about where he's at. I just thought he got taken. I think they they reached for him a little bit. He should have probably gone a little bit, a couple picks later down the road. Probably so, but again, maybe that's the, the uh, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe that's the Kentucky effect. And that's my whole point about this is that yes, pros will find you out there, but Kentucky makes it a lot easier for them to see you. Uh, the, I'm out of time. Yeah, I was going to let you keep uh, going. A little bit, of, a little bit of overtime. Trevor's going to have the next show because Nick Coffee's out. So if you want to keep listening to Trevor, that's why I was going to uh, let you that, keep going. So you, you can, you can do that. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll be back, we will be back tomorrow. I believe it should be a full show. Uh, you, you never know these days. So make sure you're following me on Twitter, and uh, I'll keep you updated. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, fourteen fifty, the Sports Bus. Good time.